Welcome to another edition of the IDCA to Infinity Paradigm and Beyond podcast, where we bring in the most recognized faces and thought leaders of the technology industry and have candid con discussions on topics pertaining to cloud, IoT, data centers, AI, big data, infrastructure, and IT, among other things. This time, I am joined by Mehdi Paryavi, chairman and founder of IDCA. Mehdi, it's a pleasure to have you. Pleasure is all mine. So it's, it's funny that you and I have been working together for a while now, and um, this is the first time we're doing something that approaches an official interview, and uh, I think it'll be fun. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I'm going to learn something new about you, uh, even after all the discussions we've had, even occasionally over a game of ping pong, well, watching ping pong. <laughs> I hope so. Just take the questions easy on me. Yeah. So, Betty, you're, you're founder and chairman of IDCA, among other things. And we could chat the whole time about your work accomplishments and their impact on our industry. But before we get all businessy, you know, tell the audience a little bit about Medi. You know, what, what does Medi do when he's not trying to um, uh, influence the direction of the um, technology industry? Well, Mark, uh, I come from uh, an immigrant family. Uh, while I was born in the U.S., I spent most of my childhood abroad. When I came back to the U.S. at the age of 14, I could hardly speak a word of English. Uh, regardless, I advanced uh, fairly quickly academically, and I graduated uh, at a very early age with a double degree in finance and information systems. Towards the end of college, I was uh, kind of bored. Um, I felt that I'm not um, quenching my thirst for knowledge enough. Um, um, the the knowledge that I was looking for um, was too basic, uh, and I wanted a way out. So I started working outside, but because I was a finisher, I, I finished college uh, with awesome grades, of course. But um, uh, as soon as I finished uh, my school, I landed my first full-time job and uh, been living and breathing uh, information technology since then. Uh, I'm... Uh, uh, married, uh, happily married for 20 years. I'm a father of three brilliant college kids. Um, I'm a world traveler. There is hardly a country on the map I haven't been to. Uh, and when I travel, I don't just pass through the streets to do my business. Um, I'm an observer. I, I try to stay a couple of days before or after my meetings to live and experience different cultures, societies, and learn from people. The details of life and the secrets of this universe. At least I try. Well, let, and do, that's yes. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Sorry. Due to our family's involvement with technology and my personal interests, uh, all my life I've lived and bred information technology and worked in diverse but uh, focused areas of IT. I consider myself a good table tennis player. Uh, I've done martial arts, soccer, archery, and horseback riding. I read a lot, but I spend more time digesting than actually reading. Um, nature and history are my top two favorite destinations. And I'm not too fond of our politics and way of life these days. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, you know, you, you mentioned all those things, and I did know most of those things about you, but you mentioned at least four, maybe five things that um, uh, are very aligned with me, which must, which must be part of why we get along so well. But I'm not very excited <laughs> about current politics. 
okay. I've also I've also been married for twenty plus years and have a daughter in college. Um, nice. And as as my passions, I mean, we both obviously share a passion for uh, the technology industry, but um, my passions outside of uh, technology are also about um, uh, history, uh, and um, yeah. so very very common. Very this common. is why you and I spend a lot of time talking about everything. Yep, everything, and <laughs> it doesn't have to be about data centers or, or exactly. routers or solving the world's yeah. problems. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you know, that, I mean, that, and that um, you know begs a question. I mean, before we, uh, I'd, I mean, I'd love to start just uh, hammering you on uh, IDCA and and what the goals and objectives are and stuff. But before we start that, one more. You know, philosophical uh, uh, question. You know, you you are a very philosophical person based on our conversations, and you know, pick a pick something that you would would like to share. It could be um, philosophy as you see it relative to our industry, philosophy as you see it relative to your travels. Is there something you know common about humanity or or uh, our diversity? I mean, pick something that you're interested in that. Um, you think that our audience would be interested in as well? Uh, let me think. Well, what I can do is I can give you my perspective on IT as someone who's, who's an IT guy, but with a philosophical perspective on its impact to, to our families and our societies. So basically, <clears throat> my best time, even though I've lived this industry to its fullest, my best hours of of my life is when I'm away from my phone and I'm sitting on my terrace on my library, pondering upon philosophical, sociological, economical, or religious topics. That's, that's my gig of the day. So my kids were not allowed to have phones until they were 16 because I believe there's so much in life you need to learn and observe before you get into IT. Because once you get exposed to IT, your world is constrained by your selection of apps and media. So I wanted my kids to have a more unbiased, naked eye and up-close perspective of the earth before the world of gadgets pour upon them. You see, Mark, uh, today uh, we have abundance of information, but a severe shortage of thinkers. You can pretty much Google everything. I mean, anything. However... Because of that abundance, because uh, of such, uh, such huge amount of knowledge wandering around and feeding us uh, with our every breath, there isn't simply enough people out there that think and try to make sense of everything that's surrounding us. A lot of this is due to the fact that we're constantly being fed with data and information. Therefore, we hardly have time to take a step back and digest them in order to find their application or relevance in our lives. So a lot of the things we read on a daily basis or the things we do are just routines. Uh, we don't have to have those routines, but we do. Yeah. So we can go on and talk about this stuff. Yeah, no, we, like. we could. We could. And I'll just, uh, I'll just end by, um, you know, my, my short uh, paraphrase, because I largely agree with everything you just said. Uh, my short paraphrase of that when I talk to other people about this same subject is that, um, I, uh, I, although I don't get a newspaper to my home anymore, um, one of the things I regret about not reading the newspaper every day uh, is that uh, with the newspaper, when you open it, um, uh, you're, you're not predisposed to the content, to your point about what you're fed 
based on your choices um, via the web, via your Google news feed or your Yahoo news feed or whatever it is that you use, your, your Flipboard, et cetera. Uh, and I, I would read about anything that affected our lives as opposed to the, only those things that I found or exactly. already believed to be industry. Yeah. So, so we're, all, we're all boxed in today, right? That's right. So, Absolutely. Uh, we, we, we choose what we want to read, uh, and that by itself automatically blocks any opposing opinions. And therefore, we lack diversity and we lack uh, comprehension of opposing views. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's another good reason to champion the phrase of challenge your assumptions on a regular basis. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, okay, so now we'll, we'll get on to the more technical aspects of the conversation, or at least the more um, industry-specific aspects. And, uh, you know, tell me, how did you actually start the whole IDCA campaign? What what got into you and, and um, what made you get it going? Well, I basically felt the need. I found us driven by forces of supply. Uh, I actually wrote a blog about the supply and demand. You know, you would learn in school that demand governs and drives supply. Uh, whatever you guys are demanding is what us suppliers will supply to you. But in our world today, I think supply uh, is brainwashing demand. Uh, by that, I mean there is less people using their creativity and power of imag imagination to foresee what they would need than people looking at nice brochures and say, oh, this is what I want for my infrastructure. So this is why we tend to go the extremes at times. You know, you remember days where everybody was putting all their eggs in one basket with absolute redundancy and high maintenance facilities and then times when people want cheap, cheap facilities, and now the ultimate goal is to just outsource everything. And all of these notions have been the flagships of our industry in their own days. Um, there was no common core. There was no common understanding. There was no simplified definitions or outline metrics of usefulness of anything that's out there. So I felt the ambiguity, and I don't like vagueness. I like everything to be crystal clear. And um, I think... Having those clarities embedded in our industry is important in order to set the pillars for what's coming because what's coming is much greater than what's, what's already amazing us. Yeah. We are um, uh, the, uh, the players in the biggest industry mankind has ever created. We're, we're impacting trillions of dollars in terms of currency. We're impacting billions of people in terms of lives and citizens. We're impacting... Uh, everything. Our politics are affected by it, our, our healthcare is affected by it, uh, our oil and gas is affected by it. Everything is affected by information technology, by data and by data centers and by the platforms that run and facilitate uh, applications. Therefore, it's important that we clarify everything and set things clear and create outlines, create policies, create the right procedures, create common understanding. When people move from Amazon to Apple to Google to, uh, I don't know, Microsoft, they shouldn't have to go learn a whole new uh, field. Uh, uh, when we've seen too many times, you and I have seen it so many times that people in times of uh, panic or emergency, uh, subconsciously they do what they did in their previous job or whatever they have been doing the most. So if, I don't know, pink was the color of upload or red was the color of something else, that's what they would unplug. Right. And um, even things as simple as uh, coloring schemes in a data center, um, if they're not universal, they can cause problems. Um, 
And that all sparked the idea of uh, the IDCA project. So the way we went about it was uh, we started with education. I believe that you cannot make, make a, a great impact without having an educated audience. So we spent years educating the industry. Um, we, we trained thousands of professionals around the world. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time uh, addressing the modern issues and modern topics to our industry, to the professionals who have attended our, our programs. And obviously, our ultimate goal was to get into the standardization and, you know, provide clear-cut venues for people to understand and make sense of things. And this is what we're doing today. Yeah. Well, I, you know, obviously, from our very first conversation about um, um, joining in and helping out with the technical committee, um, you know that I feel the same way about the need to be able to process what IT is and uh, process it more effectively and be able to react and respond to the business more effectively and efficiently. Uh, and all of those are, along with everything you just said, are key to, to understanding what you have and understanding what you're building and why you're building it so that uh, you're building what the business needs and um, building something that you can continue to support. And ideally, building it from the perspective of um, being able to do the same thing somewhere else, at least in... in um, in technical capability, if not in, in perfect uh, alignment from a strategy standpoint. So, Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you first got this going, um, uh, did you find it difficult? I mean, uh, raising the idea in the industry, did you face resistance from folks? Um, whatever it was, it was normal and it was expected. You know, we are making history for our industry, just like the Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's and the J.P. Morgan's pioneered theirs. We're, we're, you know, paving the way for people who come after us for our industry. With every new wave, there has always been historically uh, some resistance. Um, Fortunately, uh, our industry is one of the most educated out there. Therefore, we're blessed to have uh, a tuned audience. Of course, some people said, yeah, we like what you guys are doing. Let's see where you guys end up in a decade or so. Some said, no way, you cannot go against the status quo. And some were neutral. But when people saw our progressive, the progression of our message, the, the consistency of our work, and the successive developments, they came in flux and, and were blessed by it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I've found, uh, even in the time that I've been a part of the program, um, I've found uh, that um, more and more when I'm uh, out and about speaking at events or talking to folks, uh, even with other, at other companies, et cetera, that... Um, I'm getting asked about the program and um, getting asked about um, how people can participate. And so I, I realize that half of that is awareness to begin with, but it's also, um, uh, I think, to some degree, an awareness of, um, of the deeper opportunity associated uh, with the goals. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. So, you know, when you, when you think about, um, of course, we talked about IDCA, we talked about the training, et cetera. And, you know, let's dive a little bit more specifically into the application ecosystem, otherwise known as the infinity paradigm. Um, you know, tell us, uh, 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 tell the audience a little bit about what, what sparked the idea specifically about around building that and, and calling it the application ecosystem. And then, and then maybe we can go on to, uh, you know, more detailed question about how, how you see this directly helping certain parts of, um, of an organization. What sparked uh, the application ecosystem 
was the lack of practical effectiveness of everything else that existed before it. Right. Um, uh, we basically failed to address the modern issues of our industry. The data-centered industry is supposed to be belonging not only to the power and cooling people, nor the cabling, nor any specific group. It, in reality, uh, the term data center refers to the fact that the most important commodity in your data center is the, is the data itself and everything that deals with data. So your application, your platform, your compute, cloud analytics, all the way down to your physical IT gear, routers, switches, sand, blades, and so forth, are your top priority. They are the driving force that define how a data center should look like, where it should be, and uh, what it should deliver in terms of levels of capacity, efficiency, security, resilience, and so forth. At some point of time, uh, we got things reversed and our industry looked at things upside down. So uh, definitions were, uh, were uh, polluted and uh, people could not make sense of what they're doing. Um, um, if you had a data center that was led by, a, by someone with, elect with heavy electrical background, you could see it walking into the data center, that this data center is electrically heavy. If you walked in a data center whose architect was, a, was someone with cooling background, you, you felt it coming in. Uh, whereas a data center is, uh, is an infrastructure that supports uh, the application ecosystem. The, the ecosystem... In an ecosystem, you cannot say which component is more important than the other. They're all as important. And they all have to work in harmony. And they all have to be unified. And they all have to be bundled in a way that uh, the business or, or the institution um, that is the stakeholder of the application or the data benefits from it in an optimal way. That was not there before. Um, People thought, okay, we, we just build a shelter, we put a ceiling on our head and put a bunch of rags, uh, some cabling and some power and cooling generators and UPS, and we have a data center. That's not how it works. That's not how it works, and it hasn't worked in the past years uh, to nobody's surprise. Um, and that's why we came up with the application ecosystem notion. Um, uh, by that, uh, you know, we're emphasizing that if you're a cabling te technician or a UPS technician or a data center manager or a NOC technician, you're all as important. You're all part of one team, not separate teams. Uh, you all have one mission, not multiple missions. And uh, you are all part of one ecosystem that, that fulfills your organization's promise. Um, and that, that, having that mindset and having that educated background Walking into a facility, walking into a data center, sitting behind a, a computer uh, gives you a sense of purpose yep. uh, and gives the organization a way to quantify things that need to be measured that haven't been measured before. Right. Right. Absolutely. No. And, and it's I mean, you, you bring up so many good points. And I mean, I know that um, outside of this podcast, uh, we've had some of these conversations already, but I think it begs repeating um, one of the things that uh, drove me uh, and my interest in um, what uh, you were trying to do with the application uh, ecosystem was, you know, some of my experience just specifically just in the data center. Now, uh, you know, considering the definition you've just provided for data center, saying just the data center um, seems pretty stupid, but it was in the sense I was uh, out to build a data center. I'd owned and operated several data centers in the past. I'd refurbished a couple of small data centers when I was at HP. 
But at Gilead, um, in around 2003, I think, was the first time I was building a significantly sized data center from scratch um, to a particular tier standard, to a particular business requirement, et cetera, as opposed to just trying to modify or add on to something I already owned. And what I found, which I found fairly distressing, was that there was no single place to go. There was no place to go that told me how to own what I was trying to build, right? And when you think about owning, right? You talk about a puppy, you could talk about a pool. But if you're going to own, yes. a, you're going to if you're going to own a pool, then you have to realize that you're going to probably need a fence around the property based on local law. You're going to need insurance. You're going to need um, uh, uh, to think about uh, uh, how you keep it clean and what kind of maintenance you do, and and so on and so forth. And those are all part of owning a pool. Anybody can have a pool, but yes. own, owning it requires those things. And and so I couldn't find anything. Even at that, that simple, what appears now to be a very simple thing, I couldn't find anything that helped me understand what it meant to actually own a data center. And what we had was we had facilities people that thought they knew what they were doing. We had uh, different parts of IT that thought they were knew what they were doing. We had a business who had no clue and no understanding about the importance of what we were building to what they wanted for their future as far as technical capability was concerned. And, and that was a, res a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So, so uh, Mark, you know, uh, without, without a Bible, you have no church. So yeah. uh, the lack of content was evidence. We, we didn't have content to go by. This industry lacked it. Uh, none of the prevailing standards of the time uh, talked about cloud, talked about big data, AI. Uh, none of the modern topics were addressed by the so-called day center standards. Okay? Yeah. Um, and that was a, that was a big gap. Uh, it, it, had, it was a gap that needed to be addressed, uh, which sparked our, uh, our enthusiasm for the work and for the efforts. Um, and what we're doing here is uh, bringing everybody together. We're, we're trying to bridge the gaps uh, by not diminishing anybody's role. Uh, uh, on the contrary, by emphasizing on the importance of everybody's role, and giving them a further purpose into the bottom line of the organization. And, and this by itself, the, the notion application ecosystem alone, just that terminology, um, is such an opening, uh, eye-opening um, uh, phrase that if, if you think about it, uh, it, gives you, it gives you a peace of mind yeah. when you talk yeah. about data centers. Right. No, I agree. I mean, it's, it's the closest thing to thinking about it from the pure customer perspective, right? And, yes. um, and, yes. I, and I think that's fantastic. And, so, and it would, it would uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, and yeah. one, one other thing that it, it does is, as an end user, whether you're outsourcing your, your actual facility or not, you are part of the application ecosystem still. Yeah. You are the stakeholder of this ecosystem. Yeah. So whether you choose to outsource a, a part of it um, or do everything yourself, um, you are still maintaining the ecosystem. You're just outsourcing different segments or different components, but you see the big picture. That's right. And the big picture is what, what was missing. Yeah, yeah. No, you may not have grown the tomato, but you're still responsible for how lunch tastes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I remember somebody yeah. uh, one day commented that, uh, you know, if you, can beat any, uh, if you can build anything that flies and call it an airplane, what would you need a uh, standard for? airplanes right we're not making a standard for airplanes we're making a standard for the aviation industry if i right. want to make a you know comparison 
Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the application ecosystem. It's not about you know how how do you run a UPS. It's about how do you run your application ecosystem. Right. And right. and people could read up on that and you know um, uh, understand what what we're talking about here in further details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'll um, maybe uh, make a link available for um, folks, and uh, certainly they can go to the idca.org, um, idc-a.org website, and and look for the infinity paradigm there to get to more detail on this. But, you know, speaking, uh, uh, raising the kind of the level of discussion a little bit higher from a um, consumption standpoint, you know, if you, if, you, if you were to talk to a CIO or a CEO uh, in business terms about why the infinity paradigm uh, might be important to their business, and you could pick a particular business if that makes it easier, but, you know, what, what are two or three of the things that you would tell them to help them to understand? Well, um, what we're doing here helps everybody, uh, far and wide. Um, in, uh, in short, I guess the biggest take you can have from all of this is being able to analyze and address the bottom line, um, which can only be achieved by translating the magnitudes of intangible facets to an application ecosystem that must be quantified and touched. Remember, you can't measure something that you can't manage. A lot of CIOs out there, a lot of government institutions, a lot of conglomerates are managing things uh, without being able to measure their full effectiveness, um, without being able to measure uh, all the details that is involved in their ecosystem, or without having an integrated model for measuring them or monitoring them. So, um, one of the issues with segmenting your work by having facilities and IT and virtualization and cloud, all different groups and different monitoring systems is that you will never be able to come with a bottom line that makes sense to the organization. Um, um, I remember one, one of the speeches I made, um, I had a USB stick in my hand. I said, um, what is this? Everybody said it's a USB. I said, no, this is a data center. Hmm. A data center could be as small as a USB stick if you have critical information on it. Yeah. Or it could be as big as a Facebook data center. Um, so it, we don't measure data centers by its size or square foot. Um, if it's holding data, it's a data center. So when, uh, when people, people's view about data center is a... UPS center or a chiller center or a crack center or a structured cabling center. Obviously, uh, USB is just a USB. Uh, but um, when a USB to you becomes a data center, then uh, from a point of view of CIO, you have to think about the ROI of that USB, the, the security of data on it, and the movement of files and the connectivity and so forth. How you plan to um, host the data or transmit the data or facilitate the data, that's a different story. But uh, the definition of data center is very clear. It has to become clear to everybody so that we don't end up with all these uh, security hacks and all these uh, inefficiencies at work and all these expensive bills that we pay for for facilities that we don't even consider data center, but we are paying for them regardless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's... that's uh, um... Uh, pretty compelling, you know, from my perspective. And again, I mean, that's part of why I um, 
uh, I joined up in the cause. But you've um, also spoken about uh, the digital economy in general, and uh, and you've done that pretty regularly. Uh, and you've even you know mentored institutions on on what the digital economy would mean to them uh, and what it means in general. Can you tell us a little bit from your perspective, you know, what you see there and maybe elaborate on, on how you started the conversation earlier about how uh, technology is pervasive everywhere? You know, how do you see those being aligned and, and, um, and what do you see is coming next? Well, Mark, I came up with the term digital economy when I looked around myself and realized that our traditional wheels of economy are not churning our economy as they used to. What's fueling our economy today is the digital fusion, uh, is the likes of Google's, Apple's, Facebook's, Microsoft's. So it's kind of hard to not realize that we're living and operating the world's largest digital economy. So why not capitalize on it? Why not share our experiences with the rest of the world? Um, humanity, uh, historically speaking, uh, started with the agricultural economy, then the industrial boom, then the post-industrial stage. And in my belief, we are in the digital stage right now. So there is no reason for emerging nations or developing countries to go through all the four stages of economical evolution before addressing the merits of digital economy. Therefore, uh, I believe we stand on crucial ground. Uh, what we do and how we do it can shape and greatly impact the lives of billions and leave uh, social economical impacts that are far beyond anybody's comprehension today. So digital economy should be this country's uh, flagship, in my opinion. I mean, if I was the chief marketing officer of this nation, I would walk around with, you know, uh, brochures of our digital economy success stories. Um, and that would be our number one, that is our number one uh, source of uh, economical lucrativeness today. It would be our uh, national pride, and it would be our number one export. So... Um, how we capitalize on it and how we address it and how we help other nations achieve it is, I think, a business that's up for grab. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that makes sense. I mean, I, um, uh, I know I'm frustrated on occasion when we don't uh, recognize the importance and value of, of science and uh, the appropriate use of technology in getting us to where we are today and, um, and how to um, farm, as it were, to use a... a baseball term, how do you create the farm team that we're going to need for the next um, 10, 20, and 100 years? And um, right now, I think, uh, you know, we're doing an okay job, but certainly not doing everything that we could. So, yeah, yeah. totally agree. So, you know, you, um, when I first joined, you had only just recently opened up um, the technical committee to uh, you know, a, a group of outsiders, as it were, instead of trying to own this uh, uh, application framework yourself and just pay people to create what you wanted them to create. What what made you decide to try to pull in a wide range of uh, industry folks to create this new paradigm? We opened up, Mark, because we know better. Because this is not an undertaking that can bear fruit without everybody's involvement. You need to bring in diverse experiences from diverse industries and pull their insights to ensure you address the issues that they're concerned about and mitigate them for, for the years to come. This is uh, what should have been done before, um, but it wasn't done uh, from the beginning. However, 
and whoever did it with the right message would have been successful. So we did it and we were successful and we were fortunate enough to receive the excellent reception we've received. I mean, without, without having this uh, vision that you need to bring in all the stakeholders, especially end users, uh, the people who run the cloud, the people who run data centers, the people who run uh, infrastructure that is important to them and to the rest of the world, and coming from different norms, different cultures, different backgrounds, different industries, um, you cannot build something that's universally acceptable, nor something that can sustain the, you know, the evolutions of technology and be dynamic enough to address the, the changes of time. Um, so really, uh, we really, um, uh, one of the best decisions we ever made was, was opening up and allowing the, the greater community to be a part of this. Uh, we're blessed to have a community that's so passionate and, uh, you know, um, uh, exerting efforts in, in, in what we're trying to accomplish. But we couldn't do it before because you have to have something in place because, before you could invite others to come and join you. So right. we had to create the foundations and we had to put the concepts and the notions in place. And once we opened up, it was just a no-brainer. Everybody was, was coming in. Yeah, oh, that's awesome, and and it certainly it's um, been fun to help put together the team. Um, so, what um, as we get close to you know, wrapping up our discussion, um, what do you, you know, it's this is a, a tough one. I mean, I know it's huge, but if you were to pick a few things to uh, uh, as advice for practitioners in the industry, uh, what would you tell them? You know, whether they were a uh, someone racking and stacking in a data center or um, uh, determining the topology for a new cloud-oriented application uh, or something in between? What would, you, what would you tell them? Honestly, I would say uh, go to any IDCA education venue and read up on the Infinity Paradigm A360. I think the combination of the two will open a lot of doors for you to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, well, I think that's good advice. I, I would recommend yep. the same. I would recommend the same. So where do we expect Medi to be in the next five years? You don't mind if I, if I keep that a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, isn't, isn't that like uh, you're supposed to tell everybody the room you're in at the hotel after you get married, right? Isn't that the same thing? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Honestly, I, I enjoy planning planning my life and planning my business and planning everything I do. But I've learned through uh, experience that nothing you ever plan will ever turn out to be exactly as you planned it. Uh, in my case, it has always been better than what I planned. Uh, I've been blessed by, you know, uh, meeting fortunate events that have always evolved and elevated even my own visions. Uh, so, um, we are, we are ambiguous, you know, we're ambitious to have, uh, you know, uh, an industry that, that uh, is fertile enough to absorb everybody and to um, elevate the lives of everybody that's uh, a stakeholder within it. Uh, our, our mission is truly to, to impact the lives of people who, who are putting effort into building not only the standards or educational material, but also racking and stacking you know, designing, architecting applications and cloud and virtualization. Um, people who are in charge of with our, who are in charge of our national security. Um, 
people who are governing our day-to-day use of apps and data. Um, all of these people, they deserve an industry that can sustain them and their families. Um, our, our goal is really to, to make that more and more available and make it more and more sustainable. Where I'll be in, in that uh, ball game uh, is uh, something that uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's fair. It's um, I've certainly found. I mean, one of the it's uh, less personal, but uh, same thing applies. I'm, I'm always uh, surprised when somebody comes to me and says, "Let's work on a three-year business plan." <laughs> and I and and I always tell them, I said, "Okay, I'm I'm happy to help you with your three-year business plan, but let's keep in mind that this is a guideline." This is not anything written in stone. If, if you think this is written in stone, then we might as well not start now. Yes. Yeah. Good thing about having a target in mind or, or a guideline or an outline or a mission statement is, is that at least you have something to work towards. You know? Right. Uh, right. Where you end up can be uh, very far from where you aimed at from the beginning. But um, so uh, one... Still have to aim. One, yeah, I mean, something people always tell us, they say, you're a data center, international data center authority. You guys deal with data center. What do you guys have to do with cloud and uh, information technology? We're like, well, data in quotation marks, you know, it's data center. And we deal with everything that deals with data and information. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, we, everybody evolved, evolved from that. Right, right. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Well, Mehdi, um this has been uh, fantastic, and I appreciate you taking the time. I mean, I know how busy you are, and I appreciate you taking the time today to talk with us. Uh, Thank you very much, been, Mark. Been a it was a pleasure. No, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again sometime, maybe pick something uh, more esoteric and, and uh, chat for half an hour or so <laughs> about it. But um, sure. again, sure. thank you. And folks... That this is it. Uh, I want to thank you for listening and thank Mehdi for joining me on this episode. Join us next time where we are joined by young star Ryan Fay, 30 under 30 top CIO in the world. Uh, and if you'd like to nominate anyone to join me on a future podcast, email us at podcast at idc-a.org. Until next time, I'm Mark Teeley, and you can find me on Twitter at M-T-H-I-E. Thank you very much.